Hello, 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 hello. I said hello. Where's the North Georgia Revival at? Are y'all here? I guess what I want to do is we welcome ISN Network and welcome everybody. Now, usually we call everybody up front, but hold on just a second. Because I got a strategy from the Holy Ghost. The Bible says to him who is, he who is forgiven much, what? He loves much. If you have, now this is going to take a little boldness, but that's okay. If you have been delivered, I mean set free, delivered by the Holy Ghost of any addiction, drug addiction, alcoholism, anything like that, I want you to come up to the front. Come on, come on. Because you're the ones that should love a whole lot. So come on, fill the front. The world didn't want you, but God wants you. So all of you are going to set this, you're going to lead us in praise, okay? Now, everybody else that wants to come to the front, listen, let's pack this, let, let, let's pack the front. All right, now look, look at me, all you, and then we're going to read our scripture. Our scripture is Psalms 150. But all you ex-addicts, you set free. Now, I know y'all used to tear it up in the bars and in the clubs and they failed you and they let you down. Tonight, you get to celebrate and praise the one that set you free, whose blood bought you. Come on, somebody. All right, here we go. Here we go. You ready? You watching my live church, ISN Network, welcome. Our scripture is Psalms 150. Are you ready? It says, first statement, exclamation point, praise the Lord. Come on, you can do better than that. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Where are we at? We're in the sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Come on, somebody. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of a trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and the harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and the dance. Y'all ready to dance? Praise Him with the stringed instruments. Are you ready back there, stringed instruments? You on your phone. You ready? Get off Facebook, son. It's time to get in the house. Now, you ready? Praise him on the stringed instruments and the flutes. Praise him with the loud cymbals. Ebo, tell him. Give me some cymbals, baby. Praise him. Praise him with the clashing cymbals. Now, listen. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus. Praise you, come on. It's the sound I love to hear. It's the 
Yeah.
There is a holy rumble in the house tonight. There's just a holy rumble in the house tonight. You know, the devils tremble when the people of God begin to gather in unity. I just sense in my spirit that we're not quite done yet with just a, a holy roar unto the Lord, just a magnifying the King tonight, lifting his name up, glorifying him. You know, the scripture says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I don't know what your testimony is, but you have one. I don't know what you've walked through, but you've walked through something. I don't know what you've encountered, but you've encountered something. I'm here to tell you tonight that I feel the presence of the Lord and the weight of his glory is in the house. Lift your hands all across the room. Sing that one more time, Joni. Sing that chorus, and we're going to let that holy rumble come from the bellies of the redeemed. A guttural sound literally coming from the depths of your soul, magnifying the King and kings and the Lord of lords, lifting his name up on high, elevating the name of Yahweh, Yeshua. Elevating that name above every circumstance, every problem, every heartache, every disappointment, every setback. You're going to begin to elevate the name above every encounter in your life, above every addiction, above every sickness in your life. Lose, lose yourself in magnifying the key. Well, let's sing it to the Lord one more time. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Stop right there. Say that again. Say that again. Come on. Come on. Keep saying it. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. One more time. One more time. Your promise still stands. Come on, church. Great is your faithfulness. One more time. One more time. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Still in your hands, this is my confidence. You never failed your promises, your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands, this is my You know, a little bit earlier tonight, a little bit earlier tonight, I was in here after our our meeting that we had with our, our, our team at 4.30, and I'm just walking in the sanctuary, and I walked toward the baptistry, specifically that pool tonight. And I was telling a group of people in uh, our communion time, I literally saw the entire pool on fire. I saw the whole pool on fire. From rim to rim, all around the parameter, right inside, it was on fire. I, I, don't, I don't know if that registers with you, but it registers with me. 
that after you get baptized tonight in either one of our pools this evening and tomorrow night, there's going to be a residue of fire that's going to follow you all the way out of the pool. would not be in a hurry to get out of the water. I wouldn't be in a hurry. Some of the greatest miracles happen in the resting phase. I feel the Holy Spirit in such a powerful way tonight, such a powerful way. I'm going to ask a couple of my friends to come and, and just share very briefly, just stay in the Spirit because we're going to sing this song. Dear friend of mine is Bishop Mike Melee, and I'm going to ask him just to come, Bishop Hewitt, for just a moment. He pastors a dynamic church in Harvey, Louisiana, on the West Bank, right outside of New Orleans. A few months ago, probably over a year, around a year ago, right, Bishop? You came, you and your wife, Sister Elaine, and the Lord touched you and started to hear about miracles, and you went back and started baptizing people. Take just a moment to talk about what's happening at White Dove Fellowship in Harvey, Louisiana, and, and just share maybe even this past Sunday, not this today, but last Sunday you baptized and what happened in the water. We started baptizing, and what happened uh, in our particular waters was a whole bunch of deliverances, and not necessarily too many physical healings, although we did have some two retinas detached healed we had uh yeah yeah uh -huh. but what's happened what's been happening uh, last sunday we had some incredible deliverances where people who had trauma traumatic things in their life that had defined them and limited them and they lived with that emotional pain you might know in trauma we all have things that happen but in trauma you never leave, it's never not present. You're always in the moment of it. And we had one particular lady that we put her under the water and then did it again. She went under for healing. Then we put her under the water again and she came up and she, one of those floaters, you know, and she screamed for maybe 10 minutes. And a testimony of, of that was that when she went under the water, she felt a physical hand on her chest and she felt a, a large dagger being pulled out of her heart. And she said for the first time in seven years, she didn't feel the emotional pain and that she could breathe. So he is still doing it, amen? But we had a lot of things like that, but pretty dramatic. And I'm gonna tell you some of you that maybe came for a healing or maybe you're going in the water for the first time. If you've got some event that has limited you, you know, we've all been done wrong, okay? And all who want to live a godly life will suffer persecution. So things are going to happen. But sometimes they define us. And even though you, you come into agreement with Jesus and you say, I forgive them and I release them, that physical pain remains and so on. And then the devil uses it to condemn you that maybe you haven't forgiven. Never separate your spirit from your natural life. Jesus... If you see him, when you go to see him, you're going to see him in his glorified body. You're going to still see the scars because he took on dual, he took on humanity, our, our, our nature, and he still retains God for God. 
So what happens to you sometimes, you want to be a Christian, but you feel there's emotional pains and so on, and that's where a lot of sickness and de disease comes from. I'm going to tell you, when you get in that water tonight, you ask the Lord to supernaturally give you supernatural deliverance from that. You And when you come up out of that water, you're going to, fit, you're going to remember it as a historical fact. But that toxicity, that poison that has limited you will never be there. Give a shout in this house. Thank you. Thank you, Bishop. I'm going to ask Pastor David Coleman from all the way from Stewart, Virginia, if he will come right now. And he pastors, I'm talking about just a thriving church right in Stewart, Virginia, in the middle of COVID. We baptized outside. There's a move of God happening. Take just a couple minutes and explain what's going on in Stewart, Virginia, more specifically at your church, a result of some of the baptisms. Welcome, Pastor David, if you would. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, a little over a year ago, Todd came and baptized the first time, and we had no idea what to expect, and that just packed out, and, and we had, I don't we baptized several hundred over a few days, and, and so, you know, then uh, months later, then COVID hit, and so we baptized again, Todd came. And then the one thing that stood out to me, there was this lady that came and she was so embittered on the inside and so and so much pain emotionally. And so, you know, she was so down. I mean, it was just like one of those things you could just, just see, you know what I'm saying? And uh, so she came and she began to share with us, you know, about uh, scars and about her daughter and about things that had happened. And she had lost the daughter. And so one of our parishioners was there helping baptize in the water. And so all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord just moved in the waters. And so this lady looked at her and said, I want you to know that God ordained this night. She said, because five years ago, I lost a son. And she began to share with this lady. And all of a sudden, as she began to talk to her, the fire of God fell on this lady. The Holy Ghost came on her. She started speaking with other tongues. As the Spirit of God gave the utterance, her whole countenance changed. And you could see the joy of the Lord as he just came upon her life. And I'm telling you that just like the pool just lit up and the clouds lifted, praise God. And uh, just, just an experience like that. But there's just so many others that we could talk about tonight. But that's one of the things that stood out more than anything else. And so we watched her, you know, she forgave and she released those things and, and God just renewed her youth and you could just see it because the stress just literally left her face, Todd. You could see the power and the presence of the Lord move. And so I'm telling you, we're just looking forward to it because I'm going to tell you, the water is greater than COVID. Praise God. The name of Jesus is above COVID. I told my people I wipe my feet on COVID. I know it's real, but you know, I know the name of Jesus is above it. Praise God. And it, we as the church do not want to submit to a disease that we're supposed to be healing in his name. Somebody say amen. Praise God. Because we should lay hands on the sick and they should recover or encounter God in that water. Just a point of contact where the presence of the Lord Jesus can meet them. You know, he walks on water. He walks on disease. It's underneath his feet. Somebody shout hallelujah. And so tonight we just give glory and honor to God and just so much appreciate uh, Todd and Karen both coming just a few weeks back. And we just really celebrated the presence of the Lord. It was so rich and so good. Praise God. Come on, let's sing one song right here, worthy of it all. Come on, lift your voices. Worthy of it all. 
I speak into the atmosphere tonight that there shall be bitterness, addictions, that toxicity that Bishop talked about, that emotional trauma. You're going to encounter him in the water tonight. Yeah. Sing it. Father, we magnify your name above every name tonight. We give you the room. We give you the keys to the building. We give you the platform. We give you the music. We give you the message. We give you the pools. Lord, this is your house. Have your way. Do what you would do if you were here in your physical bone body. Heal every disease. Encourage every heart. Save every lost person. Set every addict free. Every person with leprosy free. God, do what you would do if you were here in your physical bone body. That's where our faith is in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord one more hand clap of praise and a shout of victory tonight. My Lord Jesus. Yeah. Love on somebody as you make your way back to your seat. Welcome to week number 136 of the North Georgia Revival. We welcome all of our friends that are watching around the world on the ISN Network, Facebook, YouTube. Welcome to Dawsonville, Georgia, and the North Georgia Revival. So glad that you are here tonight. Praise His holy name. Praise His holy name. It's good to be in the house. It is good to be in the house. Thank you, pastors, for that testimony. Don't you love... Don't you love men of God, women of God that are encountering the move of the Holy Ghost? All over the country, pastors and churches are experiencing a nameless and faceless move of the Spirit. He's touching people in the water. Who is here from out of state today? If you're from out of state, my Lord Jesus. Wow. I, I, I don't know if time will allow me. I've got two minutes. I'm going to go around the room with a machine gun type of mentality. I'm going to point at you and you tell me where you're from. You ready? Raise your hand if you're from out of state. One more time. All right, I'm going to start way over there to the corner. Tell me. Yell it really loud. Arizona. Yes, Pastor Sam and Sandra. Glad to have you guys with us. Yes. Great. Turn down the music, if you will, Michael. Praise Alabama. Praise the Lord. All right, right over here. Alabama, again, in the back. Where was that? Kentucky, glad that you're here in the house. Right down here, Scott. Wisconsin. Texas, Miss Barbara. Virginia's for lovers of God. I got it. Yes, <laughs> I love that. Right here. Florida. 
Anybody else on this section? Right here, right here. Jackson, Tennessee. Gatlinburg. Hurricane Alley down in New Orleans, Louisiana, yes. Florida, hey, Pastor, my Lord, yes. Florida. Right back there. Alabama. Mississippi in the back. Hawaii, yeah, yes. I feel the Holy Ghost all over that. Right down here, Michigan. Anybody else? Okay, right here. Texas, what part? All right, love it. Yes, behind you. Tennessee. Cincinnati, Ohio. Montgomery. West Virginia. Keep going back, all the way in the back. Illinois, over here. Missouri, wow, glad you're in the house tonight. Over here, quickly. North Carolina, same right there, North Carolina. Franklin, Tennessee. Mississippi. Virginia, okay, in the very back. Southern Illinois. Wow, let's welcome all of our friends from around the country. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to receive an offering tonight, and then we're going to bless uh, and pray for Colonel David Giamona here in just a few moments. But I want to take just a second to encourage all of us in this room to participate in giving tonight, sowing a seed into the work of the Lord and helping us host the presence of the Lord. Thank you so much. If we all did a significant part tonight, it would just help us for tonight and the weeks uh, to come. We're hosting a, a pastor's conference, which begins in the morning. Many pastors are here tonight, but it begins in the morning. And there were expenses for that, and our registration covered that as well. But we want to just keep moving ahead and being able to do things with excellence. So what you put into the offering tonight is very, very, very significant. Amen? Very, very significant. Three ways to give that you can give. You can give, uh, first of all, text an offering on a secure way. Then you can mail a check for those of you that are at home. And also, you can go to our, our uh, website, cfchurch.tv slash gift. Praise God. So, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give tonight. We take not this lightly. We do not bypass it. We do not neglect it. But God, we will also come offering in hand for you. I pray you bless every giver tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. You may be seated. Let me remind all of you that tomorrow morning, our pastor's conference starts at 9 o'clock. The doors are going to open at 8. And then again, tomorrow night, tomorrow night, now listen to me, very important that tomorrow night, there is an open to the public pastors and leaders session, etc., it's open to the public. John Kilpatrick will be ministering tomorrow night. You do not want to miss that. 
He's going to lay hands on, I think, everything that moves, that has a pulse. One of the most profound communicators about revival is John Kilpatrick. You want to be here for that. It'll be open to the public tomorrow night. And so get here. It starts at 6, not 7, 6 o'clock, just like tonight. Come from work. Get here. We'll have praise and worship. And then we're going to turn it over to Pastor John Kilpatrick. So please take advantage of that. Now, let me mention a couple of things before uh, Colonel David Giamona comes and I introduce him. I want to talk about this book right here very quickly. This book is going to be released in October around the world. When I spoke to Destiny Image about this book, they literally said, we want, we want to be a part of this. There is not another book on the planet, hear me, in all the world, quite like this. Now let me tell you why. Never have 70 men and women that are experiencing revival ever put together a piece talking about revival. There are other devotional books, but none like this. There's not another book in the world quite like this. Sid Roth, Bill Johnson, Randy Clark, Robert Slayer. I can go on and on. David Hogan. All of them have made entries into this book that is titled Igniting Revival Fire Every Day. I've had the privilege of reading all 70 entries. And I'm telling you, you will read two and a half pages and be lit on fire. The Holy Ghost will come upon you. All of our North Georgia Revival pastors have made a contribution. Bishop Mike Mele is in the book. Pastor David Coleman is in the book. And many other pastors that are experiencing an encounter with God. And they write from that encounter. I need you to get this book. You can pre-order it at the table. It'll be here October the 1st, all right? It'll be here and maybe even sooner. It's called Igniting Revival Fire Every Day. Praise God. Amen? Can you do that for me? Also, let me share this very quickly. Uh, this book is on back order. I just got 100 copies delivered to my house today. 100 of these. There's a ministry, uh, Sid Ross Ministry. They've sold over 7,500 of these books. They're back ordered by 2,500 people. 2,500 people are waiting to get these books. When I put my author's uh, request in Amazon, I couldn't get them. I couldn't even get them. It's in one of the top selling, now watch this, top selling on Amazon. There are 58 million books being sold on Amazon. It is in that top percentile, that top 1% to 2% of all books on Amazon. I just got a report. One church ordered 103. I don't know why 103, but they ordered 103 of these. If you don't have this book, raise your hand. If you do not have the book on speaking in tongues, let me tell you, grab it today. I've got 100 copies is all I've got. That's all I have. I've got another uh, group of, of books coming tonight. As uh, coming sometime in the mail, but anyway, grab that. 
all right? Every now and then you cross the path of an individual that rocks your world. A gentleman that just kind of speaks life and has something to say. I was on a, a call from out west and I was dialed in on and Colonel Giamona was on the call and immediately our spirits united with one another because we're saying the same things. On 9-11 weekend, how fitting is it for us to have a colonel to stand in front of us to address what God is doing in the world? Yeah, yeah. The man that's gonna stand before you today literally was overseeing every chaplain in the army. You don't get any higher than this. He has been on the battlefront of four wars. He has seen the worst of humanity and the best of humanity. He has held the hands of men and women that gave their all on the battlefield. And he was there just simply to pray with them and comfort them until they moved on to the next world, their eternity. He has a book that's being released, I believe, in January. That already the pre-orders of it in Australia are around the top 10 books in Amazon. It is a book that's going to teach the church on how to prepare for the end times and to survive and thrive. God has anointed him with a message to the church. I want you to stand to your feet in just a moment and help me welcome one of America's finest who has served us when we've been asleep at night and he has loved on people. He has led people, men and women, young men, young, young women into battle. He's a chaplain in the army and I could not be more pleased and more honored to have Colonel David Giamona to come and address the North Georgia Revival on the weekend of 9-11 in week 136. Would you welcome to the platform tonight Colonel David Giamona. Pastor Todd, what a ple pleasure and a privilege to be here tonight. You may be seated if you can. I told the pastor next to me for Virginia, if I don't make it, brother, the Holy Ghost takes over, come up and help me. Because the Holy Spirit, I, I told Pastor Todd, the Holy Spirit got a hold of me. As soon as I walk through those back doors, I go, something's going on here. Before I get to preaching, and I will lose it, I do do a couple house things, housekeeping. I will be speaking tomorrow morning. I think I'm the first one out of the shoot. Uh, that book on the 70, I believe I have a chapter in there, brother, so uh, I'm looking forward to reading it too. <laughs> housekeeping, um, the military guide to Armageddon. If you're, if you're touched tonight by what I'm about to tell you, if you want further training, if you want further information, if you want to get ready for what is happening, what is about to happen, go ahead and pre-order the book. It is, it is world release now on Amazon. 
Barnes and Noble, anywhere you can get a book, it is on pre-order. You can pre-order it now, and on January 5th, they'll release it to you. And I'll tell the pastors this. There's also a, a website you can go to that uh, we are just putting together, and we have a team. I have a general that's working for me, brother, on, on, my, on my board, uh, General Bob Dees. But we have a team that are putting together. It's called Battle Ready Ministries. And we're going to go around the world, just like here, and we're going to teach people and train the church and how to become prepared and ready for what is happening right now and in the end times. Because the church of Jesus Christ in America is asleep. And we're here, the, God gave me a mission to wake up the church in a vision that I will talk about in a moment. But I'm here after 32 years in the army, after seeing death and destruction, after seeing uh, people's lives changed on the battlefield, literally, I'm here to prepare the church and warn the world of the coming of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Father, anoint your servant tonight. Erase everything else. The fire of God is here right now, and it's going to be continue through the night. And Lord, I pray that as I bow my knee before you right now in this church, that I am going to give them nothing but the truth, the whole truth. So help me, Lord Jesus Christ. We give you tonight the honor and glory and praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Would you turn to Judges chapter 6, verse 11 through 16? We must read the word of God before we get into the sermon tonight. And the sermon I'm giving you tonight is really not a sermon. <laughs> it is more than that. You'll see in a moment. But it's called When God Calls an Army. When God Calls an Army. Judges chapter 6, verse 11 through 16. The angel of the Lord came sat down on the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abrazite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this thing happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. And the Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. I want to read you a quote from one of my favorite theologians and pastors in all the world. It's a, it's a little bit lengthy, but I want you to hang in there because it's got some depth of meaning that I want you to get. John Piper says this. Satan is satisfied, listen to me, Satan is satisfied with all our religious activity as long as it does not move us 
to break down those gates to rescue the perishing. Therefore, at the top of my agenda these days has been the question, how can I get myself and the church awake to our wartime mentality? Is there some way to break the spell? Picture a great army asleep with mighty weapons in their limp hands and armor in their tents. Picture them sleeping in the fields all around one of Satan's strongholds. Suddenly, an eyelid blinks, a head lifts and looks around, then another, and then another. A strange awakening spreads through the field. Muscles are flexed, armor is fitted, swords are sharpened. Eyes meet with silent excitement. The light in the commander's tent goes on. The generals gather together, and a strategy for the attack is laid. John Piper asks an important question that we're going to explore tonight. What is it going to take to wake up a sleeping church in America? I'm going to tell you some things tonight that are going to literally just shock you. And I'm going to tell you, this is the first one. Going in that revival baptismal tonight, which I'm going to take part, I'm going to be there. Hopefully, I'll be the first in line. I don't know yet. That's what Pastor said. But I want to tell you something. And I will tell this to every revivalist, and I've been in a lot of revivals. I was with Chuck Smith in Southern California in the 70s in the Jesus movement. I've seen revivals. And what happens? Revival is wonderful and great. I want you to get filled. I want you to get healed. I want you to get anointed. I want you to get overflowed with the power of the Holy Spirit. But then what? Then what? I've seen many people get excited and then Monday morning hits and they're the same person they were for the rest of their lives. There's more to this, and I'll, John Kilpatrick will agree. There's more to this than the revival. We need to be trained, church. I cannot put a weapon in the hand of a civilian that comes on the first day in basic training and expect them to know what to do with it. A soldier is a soldier the first day in basic training, but he's not a trained soldier. He's not a ready soldier. I would not put that soldier in a fight in the enemy because he's going to get himself killed and everybody around him he's going to get killed. So pastors who are coming tomorrow, get ready. I think I'm the first one out of the chute. Unfortunately for you all. So the question, I'm, I'm here to answer the question, what we need to do. That's why we form battle-ready ministries. And that's why we're training churches and pastors and people around the world and how to be, get ready. And I will tell you where it started. After 32 years in combat, after 30-plus years in army and in the Pentagon and in Iraq and in Afghanistan and, I, and everywhere else in the Middle East, in Honduras, in Central America, and in Asia, around the world. After all that, I was getting ready to retire and I thought, Lord, this is it. I've done my time. I'm going to go relax. I'm going to go to my ranch in Georgia. Pastor, you've been there. And I'm going to have fun. And the Lord says, no, you're not. You're just getting started, son. 
So my wife and I, one day after a very eventful day with the beginnings of the military guide Armageddon, we went to Kerrville. Anybody been to Kerrville, Texas? There's a prayer garden there, and there's a cross in this garden. It's 70 feet high. And I told my wife, wait in the car. You pray here. I'm going to go to that cross. I just feel like God wants to tell me something. Ladies and gentlemen, I went to that cross, and the Lord told me to look up. And there wasn't a cloud in the sky. It was a Texas blue sky. And I looked up, and there, two, 3,000 feet, 5,000 feet up, was the head of the lion of the tribe of Judah looking right at me. And it, the lion spoke. It was the Lord speaking through the lion. And I'm not talking about a cloudy lion. I'm talking about a lion that was right out of a tribe in Africa type of lion, but he was white. And the Lord said through the lion, I am the lion of the tribe of Judah. I want you to prepare the church and warn the world of my coming. It is about to happen. I don't have time. It would be hours to tell you all the things that brought me to this place tonight. But I want to give you an answer right up front. What is the answer to awaken the sleeping church? You're part of this in this revival. It is no doubt in my mind and in your mind, things are happening on this planet like never before. I have relatives, by the way, up and down the West Coast, and the whole place is basically on fire. I have a brother in San Francisco, one in Sacramento. I have relatives up and down the coast. My brother just told me yesterday, I can't even go outside in Sacramento. It's so hard to breathe. You've you got to stay inside. There's rumors of war. There's political intrigue. There's all kinds of things happening, and this, my friends, is just the beginning of, of things that happen. The answer I want to give to you up front, and we're going to get to Gideon in a moment because it will illustrate what I'm talking about. The answer is simple. If you want the John Piper's question, what do we do to waking a sleeping church? The answer is get the leaders of the church, number one, to wake up and get out of bed and start seeing what's going on on this planet right now. Get the leaders engaged, the general officers of the church of Jesus Christ. Get them engaged in training their people and what to expect. You see, God is no longer calling congregations or audiences, or crowds. He's calling an army of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I got something that's very hard for you to hear. Not every one of you are going to be in that army. God is calling a select few. You can volunteer for it tonight, and you're going to get a chance to. But let me tell you what the consequences are going to be before you sign up. You know, every soldier that signs a peep, and I know recruiters are liars. I understand that. Okay, I understand. They're paid to lie. 
I didn't say that, but I guess this is going to be on film. So I, uh, But you sign a dotted line, and they tell you up front, hey, you maybe find yourself in harm's way. You may go to war. You may die in war. Before you sign this piece of paper, you better understand what the consequences. And pastors who are here tonight, you know what? It's time to stop coddling people. It's time to stop coddling them because we're just, we're not loving them if we coddle them. We have to engage our people. We have to train our people and we have to make them strong in Jesus Christ. Because there's coming a time, and mark my war, my words, the Lord has told me this already, there's coming a time where you're not going to be able to meet here. There's coming a time. I told my Bible group last year, we were doing a book of Revelation every week, or every, every other week we were doing a, a Bible study. And this was last year. The Lord had told me last year, by the time your book comes out in January of 2021, it's going to be a whole different scenario right now. And I told, my, I told my Bible study, I said, look, folks, there may come a time where we can't meet like this anymore. <laughs> One of them called me the other day and said, hey, uh, Colonel, how right you were. You know, churches are not meeting like this anymore, and things have just kind of dissipated, and that's just the very touch, the tip of what is about to happen. I'm not here to scare you. I'm not here to titillate you or make your ears. I'm here to, to prepare the church for what is about to happen. Do you know that when we have soldiers and they go to war and we prepare them through many, many weeks of soldiering, they're still not ready to go into battle. They're not really war worthy until they actually go into combat and bullets are actually flying at them and then they turn to me, chaplain, you better pray. I said, brother, I'm with you, let's go. We're gonna pray and we're gonna ask God to get us through this. When I was in basic training as a chaplain, uh, one evening, it was in New Jersey at Fort Dix. I don't know if anybody's been there. I found myself crawling through mud, barbed wire, and live machine gun bullets going over my head with grenades going off and artillery simulators and drill sergeants yelling. And I stopped in the middle of all that, and I said to myself, why, why did I sign up to do this? There's going to come a doubt in every one of us when you sign up for the Lord's army. Why did I want to do this? Camp Victory, Baghdad, Iraq, fall of 2005. This is in the book, this story. Chapel service. I'm in chapel service this morning on one of those rare occasions that I'm not preaching or even conducting the service. I get to sit back and watch. And I enjoy the service and watch what's going on without all the stresses of managing I noticed something that I've never noticed before and I really hadn't paid attention to. All the soldiers come into service there in Baghdad. They come in with their weapons, armed to the teeth. They put them right beside them. They worship the Lord. Then they pick the weapons up and they go back right into battle. That 
my friends, is the image of the church of Jesus Christ that God is calling. You need to bring your weapons with you into this church and take them out there. We are about to face the most difficult days in the history of mankind. If we are not prepared, we could be swept away by all the propaganda, the politics, the lies of the world that Satan is using against us. Unless we are ready, awakened from our sleep and prepared to encounter God, we are not going to be able to stand against the powers of the Antichrist and the forces that will be unleashed and are being unleashed right now on this planet. The church, the church in her current state is not ready for the end times or for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been paralyzed with fear of what humans may do to us or say to us. We are not spirit-filled, supernaturally empowered weapons of Jesus Christ yet, but we can be. If we're not prepared, we're going to falter or worse, reject our faith and succumb to the world. I heard John Piper say this the other day, and it floored me, and He's not really a revivalist or a supernaturalist. He's a very smart individual, great theologian. And I heard him on the radio. I want to share this with you because it goes along with what we're talking about tonight. He said, when the Antichrist comes to power, and you know what's serious when John Piper is talking about the Antichrist. When he comes to power, he says, according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where Paul says, there are two things that must happen before the coming of the Lord. One is the falling away of the church, and two is the revealing of the Antichrist. Piper says, I believe the, re the falling away are those believers around the world, millions who are not ready to face the final battles with the Antichrist and succumb and submit to him. And there will be many who are swept away by all the miracles he does, by all the propaganda he talks about. And, you know, if it comes down to a church and it's you and your family, you either accept the mark or you don't eat or you don't get paid or you don't have a house, what are you going to do? I, I came out of war very, very much wounded emotionally. I've seen things that people not, should not have had to see. In fact, kind of a funny story that goes along with this. After my 30 years, I went to the psychiatrist because it was required by VA to get a rating to see where you were after your years in the Army. So the, the psychiatrist was a female, and she sat down with a piece of paper. She says, okay, I want you to start telling me everything you've ever seen with, that has to do with death, dying, and destruction. And I looked at her for a moment. I said, are you kidding? She goes, yeah, I want you to tell me. I said, there is not enough time in this day, and you want me to do this in an hour? She says, well, just give me the highlights. After I told her some of the things, she actually stopped writing and 
and just put her pen down and looked at me. She goes, there's no question about it, sir. You are fully rated 150,000% post-traumatic stress disorder. Of all the things you've seen and all the things that you encounter and all the battles that, you know, you know, that were around you and the destruction and all that, she goes, there's no question about it. And the, the thing is, by the grace of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, yes, I've seen all those things and I encountered all those things in war, but I stand before you as a blood-brought, sanctified preacher of, the, of Jesus Christ and of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's only one person in the universe that have kept me from being killed, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Obviously, he wanted me to be here for you tonight. So, we're at war, folks. Now, mankind has been at war for 6,000 years with only 268 years of peace. I'm talking physical war. But it's much deeper than that. We are at spiritual war that we have never really have ever encountered before. The forces of evil and of Satan have been unleashed on this planet. And God is calling for an army to be formed and ready in these last days. He's not calling for everyone. Just those who are prepared to do one thing. Do you know what that is? to do whatever the Lord Jesus Christ requires of you. If you want to join the army of the Lord Jesus Christ, but you say, well, I'm a believer. You know, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. I've done all these wonderful things. Are you willing to go to Africa? Are you willing to go to the Middle East? Are you willing to go to your neighbor next door? Are you willing... Are you willing to do whatever the Holy Spirit requires of you? If you're not, then you're not part of the army God is forming in the last days. But you said, well, well, Colonel, that's scary. That's scary. I can't do that. I, I know people have fear. I understand. I know what fear is, folks. I've looked fear in the face. You know what fear is? You know what a hero is? It's someone who was afraid, but they kept doing it because they were commanded to do it. Because they loved their soldiers on that battlefield, because they wanted to defeat the enemy, and they had a mission. And that mission was to win the wars of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic. What is our mission of the Church of Jesus Christ? Our mission is to serve the master, the Lord, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and to do whatever the master commands us to do. Well, Pastor Todd, it was, I'm, glad, I'm glad I got to preach tonight because I don't think I'll get invited back after this, but that's okay. I want to give you another revelation tonight that a lot of people do not understand. Revelation chapter 19, verses 1 through 16. You may turn there or you just may listen. I'm going to read it to you. I saw heaven standing open, 
And there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He's dressed in a robe dipped in blood. By the way, that's something people don't talk about a lot, but that robe dipped in blood is the blood of his enemies, okay? Not his own blood. Because he's slaying them with the sword of his power. So it says, and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean, coming out of his mouth as a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has named this name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. I have a question for all of you tonight. Who are these armies that are following the Lord, riding on these white horses? Who are they? It's us. It's us. We are the army of the Lord getting ready and prepared for battle in the end times. Well, I don't know how to ride a horse. I don't even like horses. You will. Trust me. The Lord is coming back with his army. I've actually read in several books people that have seen the army of the Lord preparing in heaven for the return of the Lord. Powerful images of what's going on. There's going to be a literal battle at the end of time against the Armageddon, against, in Armageddon, which, by the way, I was in the Valley of Megiddo, and it's called Armageddon, that valley. I've seen it with my own eyes. I was there in March when COVID struck the world. I was in Israel with my wife, and I saw the battlefield of Megiddo. And that's another sermon for another day. The only, time, the only thing I want you to recognize this time, you know, at the end of World War II, the United States and its allies came to rescue the prisoners, came to rescue the war-torn, came to rescue all the countries from Nazi Germany. At the end of this battle of Armageddon, there will be no countries to come to the rescue. The only person coming to your rescue and the world's rescue is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is coming. So let's get down, uh, I like what John Wayne says in McClintock, he says, let's get to the rat killing. So we're gonna do that right now. I want you to think about Gideon and his army. Because Gideon is the perfect example of what I want to talk to you about tonight. Here in Judges 6, we find that that valiant soldier hiding, get that, the valiant soldier hiding, that doesn't go together, does it? A valiant soldier threshing wheat, hiding in the winepress from his enemies. And for good cause, Midian had multiple hundreds of thousands of soldiers. And every year they'd come like locusts and destroy Israel. And then God gives Gideon a new mission. And that's what I'm here tonight to get you into a new mission. New marching orders from the commander-in-chief himself. 
He says, come out of hiding and lead my army to victory over the oppression of the enemy of the Midianites. Here is where I want to stop and reiterate something to all the pastors and all church members. There's a new thing going on in the spiritual realm, and I'm not the only one saying this. I know hundreds, thousands of people are saying the same thing. The new mission of the church is time to stop hiding and time to soldier up. The angel of the Lord knows Gideon is not a mighty man of valor. Someone say amen. But that's what his name means. Gideon's name means mighty man of valor in the Hebrew. But what is it going to take to accomplish this mission? The Lord knows that Gideon and his army are no match for the enemy. So they call up 32,000 recruits, and they all come. They're all excited. They've all been through the baptismal pool. They're all on fire. They're revivalists. They're excited about what they're going to do for the Lord's army. And the Lord tells Gideon, there's too many of them. I can't save you with that many people. So 22,000 go away. In fact, at the end of the day, he's left with just 300. The Lord, at the first blush, says to all the people through Gideon, if you're afraid, go home. I had, a, I had lunch with uh, Pastor John Hagee. You all know who uh, Pastor John Hagee is? Cornerstone Church, 22,000 members. He called me up after his son, Matt, had preached or spoke to our general officers. Uh, he called me up and says, hey, Colonel, I want you to come have lunch with me and my crew here at the Cornerstone Church. And I know John Hagee is, I mean, he's a prince of preachers. He's a fantastic, powerful leader of that church, doing incredible things. And he really believes, you know, the Lord's coming, and he's written many books on it, and we won't get into all the, all the details of that, but I had an opportunity to ask him a question. It was like, he didn't want to stop having lunch. We were there for two hours, question and answer back and forth. And I asked him something. I said, Pastor? How many of your church are ready for the coming of the Lord? I think I saw tears in his eyes. He said, Colonel, not many. Not many are going to make it. A few will, but not many. That brought shivers up and down my spine as he said that, and you know, he believes in the pre-tribulation rapture, you know, that we're going to go before the Antichrist comes to power or the tribulation. I won't get into that right now. It's just too long. And I know there's a lot of variations of all that. And so that doesn't really come into play right now. What really is important to know, whether you're a pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, I don't care trib, whatever, we are at war and we're going to face difficult, dark times. That's all that matters. And we need to be ready for it. Gideon had all but 300 go home. So God could be glorified and not man. I had a session, a mandatory session with a counselor. 
<clears throat> and the counselor, uh, I, brought, I was brought in, you know, after all the stuff for the VA, the psychiatrist. But this, is a, this was an uh, uh, actual psych, psychological counselor. And we got to talking, and uh, he could see I was having some hard time talking about some of the events I went through in my life. This was several years ago. And he said, Colonel, I want to share something with you that I don't really share with a lot of people. You know, the Army does a great job in preparing soldiers for battle. Weapons, training, doctrine. After nine weeks or 11 weeks and advanced training, you know, people, soldiers are ready to at least carry their weapons and follow orders and be where they're supposed to be. But he said the Army never, ever was very good at helping people understand that you might die or be wounded or see someone else die or wounded and what that was going to do to you. They've never really trained you in preparing you to see the kinds of things that you have seen over your 30 years in the Army. I can't even share with you some of the things I've seen because it would bring upon some of you traumatic stress that you don't need to hear right now. But I'm saying this, the reason Troy Anderson, who is a world-class journalist, Pulitzer Prize-nominated uh, investigative reporter and a national bestseller of two books, he wrote the book with me. Troy and I, you know, have talked about this many times. The reason I wrote the book is this. I saw what war did to soldiers when they came home and they fell apart and committed suicide, drinking, alcohol, drugs, addictions, and everything else. I saw what the horrors of war did to soldiers in battle. And I promised the Lord, I said, Lord, as long as I have a breath, I don't want the same thing happen to the church. Because when things start going, you think they're bad now, I got news for you. This is nothing. I'm not trying to scare you. I want to help you. I want to prepare you. And I don't want to coddle you into thinking, oh, you're just going to go up in the rapture. Everything's going to be fine. Well, there may be a long time before that happens, and you're going to have to go through some things like the rest of us. I don't know when. I don't know where. But here's the thing. I told the Lord, I didn't want this to happen to soldiers of the Lord's army that they weren't prepared to go into battle and see. They weren't, the church around the world is being persecuted. Did you know that? Millions of Christians are incarcerated or have died or have gone through very, very difficult circumstances in their lives. And it's coming to the shores of the United States of America. And it's already here. What I didn't want to have happen is you not being ready to be prepared spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically ready for the things that may be coming upon us and are here already. I've got the highest level of training of, of you name it, is as far as, you know, people going through disaster, earthquakes, natural disasters, all that. I have all the training for post-traumatic uh, interventions and Counseling. But it goes beyond that for the church. We need that spiritual preparations, and that's why we're here tonight. 
we better take this serious. It's no longer, oh, let's go to church, let's go to lunch afterwards, and then let's go home and take a nap, and maybe come home and, and come here Sunday night, and then live like hell the rest of the week, and no attention to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you and to me. It's time to make some changes. It's time to be trained. It's time to be prepared. So when an army looks for a recruit, they're looking for a volunteer that is willing to go through the tough training, which includes separation from loved ones and the willingness to go into the war by obeying the orders of the authorities and leadership over them. They're looking for a recruit that is physically fit and has endurance, that has skills and fast reactions. They're looking for the ability to follow instructions quickly, the ability to learn, the ability to remain calm in stressful situations. These are, I'm, to, I'm reading right out of the war book of, of recruitment for the United States Army. This is what they're looking for. What is the Lord looking for? In Gideon's army, those 300 men, he was looking for the ability to go into a battle, outnumbered 1,000 to 1, and still trust the Lord. He was looking for men that were not afraid to follow the orders of Gideon through the Lord Jesus Christ and say, you are going to win the victory. The victory is yours. The battle is yours. I'm going to be with you. And will you trust me with your life? Will you trust me with the power of the Holy Spirit working through you? Are you going to volunteer? Are you going to give it all and follow me into battle? That's what he's looking for. It was... Fall of 2005, again, I'm in Iraq. I'm at Victory Base, which is near the Baghdad International Air, Air Base. And I tell you this story, and I will probably get emotional now. I tell you this story for a reason, because it's relating to everything that we're talking about here. That morning, I wasn't battle ready. Oh, I had the training. I was a captain. I've been through all the training. I've been through all the things. I thought I was ready until the Lord brought me in another experience and said, son, you're not ready yet. You're not ready yet, but you will be. That morning was early as 5.30. I was doing a thing called PT. Anybody in the military knows what that means? Physical training. Some people shake their heads. Thank God you're out of it now. You don't have to do it anymore. I was running along the perimeter of a wall. Machine gun towers were above the wall every 50 yards or so. And they were surrounded, the wall surrounded go for miles. And I would just, every morning I'd get up and run that perimeter, that wall. But this morning was different. This morning something changed and I wasn't ready for it. This, this particular morning, it almost cost me my life. It, if it wasn't for the Lord Jesus Christ. This particular morning, I wasn't so sure of myself and I wasn't, quote, battle ready for what I was about to encounter. 
But thank God, before I tell you the story, thank God that Jesus Christ was there. Thank God that he was protecting me. Thank God he went before me. Because I was running along the perimeter. Usually there's lots of people running. There was nobody running that morning. Nobody out there except me. And I had this strange sensation someone was watching me. I never had it before. Never had it since. But there was a sniper on a minaret overlooking the wall way up, and he had his guns trained on me, ready to shoot me. At the same moment, our battalion personnel officer, another captain, came running toward me from the opposite direction. He goes, Chaplain, did you not get the word? Nobody's supposed to be out here. There's a sniper. As soon as he said sniper, a bullet flew over and hit the palm tree right above my head, and birds flew out, and you want to see me run? I think I broke all records in the Olympic history of record of running. I think I could have beat anybody that day. And as we were preparing to run, and it was all in slow motion, two Apache helicopters came over our wall and fired that minaret and tore it in half. And killed everybody in there. I tell you that story only to say this. I don't think we can ever be enough battle-ready in the Lord's army. We must strive with all seriousness and all due diligence every day to get up in the morning and have a routine that says, Lord, first, I'm going to seek you early in the morning. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to talk to others. I'm going to, I'm going to preach the gospel wherever I go. I'm not afraid anymore because you are going to be with me, Lord, and you are going to open the doors, and you are going to be a, I'm going to be a mighty man of valor. The Lord says, I'm calling the church to awaken. I'm calling the church to a new level of mission. It's no more business as usual. Remember after the fight with Gideon and the Midianites Midianites began to run because of the power of God that scared the living daylights out of them. And Israel got a great victory that day because they saw that if they just worked in the supernatural, you see, there's a, there's a time where you work in the natural and you get very little done. But when you start working in the supernatural, when you start walking in the spirit, when you start obeying the voice of the Lord, when you start marching, God is going to march with you. And he's going to break down the gates of hell. Well, pastor or colonel, you know, I don't see many miracles. It's like people ask me all the time, well, why did you join the army? It's so dangerous. I couldn't do it, and that's right. It's not for everybody. It is dangerous. But what is more dangerous, you're going to hate me, 
is sitting back and doing nothing, and the Lord is telling you to get up and do something for him. There is a scripture in the book of Revelation at the end that said, there's a list of things, and one of the things that's listed or people who are going to hell are all cowards. Now, let me explain that to you. We're all afraid. We're all cowardly in one way. But this word coward in the book of Revelation is people that were afraid to follow the Lord and rather had followed the Antichrist where they were safe. They were okay. They had family. They had food. They had shelter. Instead of following the dangerous path of the Holy Spirit in their life where they're going to end in death. But you can't forget one thing. This is not the only life. There's eternity forever. If you hold this life so dear that you're not willing to follow the Lord in, in whatever he's asked you, then you're not part of the Lord's army. You know, John Piper was preaching this way a few years ago, and this pastor, his board came to him and said, hey, pastor, you're going to have to stop saying this. People are getting scared. They're leaving. We want to hear about love and fluff and coddling. We want all this stuff. And Pastor Piper said, then you better find another pastor because I'm not going to stay here. So, in closing, I'm going to wrap this up and have Pastor Todd come. I want to ask a real important question in all seriousness. Where are you? Where are you in the scheme of things in these last days, in these end times? Yes, I know it's exciting to be here among the crowds and the revival fires, and the power of the Holy Spirit. But who are you Monday morning when nobody is around? Or Tuesday afternoon when your boss is on you? Or Wednesday when there's no money in the bank? Or Thursday where your spouse has left you for another person? Who are you then when the tough, get, the, the tough times become reality? I pray and hope that every one of you experiences deliverance tonight. But I made a promise to the Lord many, many years ago, no matter what happens, no matter how it comes down, I was going to follow him into the gates of hell if that's where it took. One day I actually oh, literally was at the gates of hell in Kabul, Afghanistan. I arrived there by helicopter, Black Hawk. And they sat down and I got and I saw the city. And I called my wife on an international phone call. I had an opportunity to tell her. I said, honey, I've literally landed at the gates of hell. This place is bombed out. People are dead. Smoke everywhere. It is, it is just incredible the things I saw in that town of that day. My question to you, my friend, is this. Who is willing to be part of the end times army that God is calling all around the world? There's, a, there's revival going on in Australia. We're just on the radio there. There's, there's pockets of revival around the world, and there's literal fires around the world as well. But are you willing 
tonight to say, not emotionally, not because you're all hyped up because I may have said something the Holy Spirit may have prompted you, but are you willing to follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit by listening to him every day, every moment of your life? Are you willing to go where the Lord asks you to go, to do and say the things he's asked you to say and the things he's asked you to do? Are you willing to lay down your life for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you willing to go to the next level and become warrior of God? Now, I know I have not, I've just touched the tip of the iceberg. There's lots more to talk about. But that's it for right now because the Holy Spirit has other things he wants to do in our midst tonight. I'm gonna turn this over to Pastor Todd. Before I do, I wanna pray with you. Father in heaven, pray, Father, for the power, the anointing, the love of the Holy Spirit Touch every heart, touch every mind. Not just with excitement, enthusiasm, but with the real anointing and power that comes from the King of Kings and with every eye closed and every mouth, I just, I just want to ask you, how many, by raising your hand tonight, you're not committing to me. You're not committing to Pastor Todd or this church. But by raising your hand and say, Lord, I want to be part of the army of God tonight. And I want to follow that on by baptism in this water. How many would raise your hand and say, yes, that's me. All over, all over. I'm going to hand this over to Pastor Todd. Of him, but in the. Come on, stand to your feet. Let him know you love him and appreciate the word he delivered tonight. Just stand to your feet. I I don't know. Just remain standing. I don't know about you, but I, I felt so safe with the way that he delivered the message tonight, but also so overwhelmingly convicted by the Spirit of the Lord. We heard from the heart of the Father tonight that I'm coming, and I am looking at building an army in this end time. He mentioned the great falling away. It's upon us. It's happening right now. And it will get more severe as the separation occurs between those that are in the army and those that choose not to sacrifice and take up their cross and follow him. I can't worry about what others are wanting to do and choose to do, but I can only control me and the people that the Lord has put under my leadership. I do not influence many, but I influence some. I believe that 
God has spoken and chosen this North Georgia area. And there's a collaborative effort of the church at War Hill, Freedom Tabernacle, Covenant Connections, Christ Cultural Center, Relevate Church, and other churches that these pastors have committed themselves to create an army that God can use. That North Georgia is an outpost of Holy Ghost revival and Holy Ghost intensity where all the men and women of God in leadership in those churches are saying, we're preparing for the end times. We're preparing our people to meet the ugly demands of society with the gospel. I feel overwhelming conviction tonight that we need to take a moment before we open up the baptismal waters and open up these altars for all of us to come, if you're comfortable, and just to kneel and to stand in the aisleways, around the walls, but to lay our bodies down for the King. Not my will, but your will be done. In order to save my life, I am willing to lose it. That I will deny myself daily for the cause of our master. So can we connect with the heart of the Father right now? I'm going to call all of us to this altar for the next few moments. For the next three minutes, we're going to kneel before the Father present our bodies a living sacrifice. Would you join me? Would you come and find a place at this altar in the aisles? Get as tight as you possibly can. As many, if not all of us, are responding. Scripture says, let your dancing be turned into mourning. Let your joy be turned into weeping. That's James 4. Let there be lamenting in the house of the Lord, great anguish and grief. As we look at our lives and say, Jesus, I repent for living for me and not living for you. Would you join me right now all across the room as we... Lift up our cries and lift up our voices to the Father, yielding afresh our bodies.
Stand to our feet. You know, the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came, that they were cloven tongues above their heads, tongues of fire. I fully believe something is being sparked tonight. You're going to go back to your church and you're going to be a different member. You're going to be a different covenant partner. You're going to be a different support structure to your to, to your pastor and the staff and the leadership there. You're going to be changed. Commit to do that tonight. Our baptism tonight is this. I feel this with all that is within me. This will be a baptism of fire. A baptism of fire. There will be healing. There will be miracles. But by and large, it's going to be a baptism of encounter and fire. If you have not registered to baptize and you want to be baptized tonight, we have room for you. We have room for you tonight. We will baptize you. We have clothes for you. We have undergarments for you. We have everything that you need. If you have not registered to be baptized and you would like to, this is Joseph right here in the blue shirt. In just a moment, I'm going to dismiss everyone back to their seat. If you would like to be baptized, come tonight and just see him. We're going to get you registered. You'll get a letter and you'll know exactly when to come. We'll make sure that you know that to be baptized tonight. So you're, if you've not registered and you want to be baptized, this is the individual that you see in just a few moments. All right, you can go back to your seat and I'll give the instruction in a moment for those who would like to be baptized and you've not been registered. You've not registered. In fact, go ahead and come if you would like to come and be uh, baptized, but you're not registered. Come see Joseph right now. Come right now. Come right now. Come right now. All across the building. Come right now. You've not been registered to baptize and you want to. Joseph is right here. Come on, this is good. If you've not registered, if you've not registered, if you've not registered, see Joseph. If you've not registered, what do you have? If you've not registered, that's the word. If you've not registered, okay, if you've not registered, If you have letter A, if you have letter A, I'm going to ask you to make your way to the front right now and come to my left of these steps right here. Colin's going to take care of you right there. If you have letter A, letter A, come right now. Come on, give it up. Let these people know you're with them. Support them. This is letter A only, letter A only tonight, right now. Letter B will be coming up on the screen shortly, and you're going to come and be baptized in a a few moments. Letter A, if you've not registered, see Joseph, and we'll get you registered. Both pools, fire, 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 fire. 
unprecedented glory tonight. If you would like prayer, our prayer and altar team, if you will come, let me encourage you. Hear me very quickly, very quickly. Listen to me, listen to me. Listen to me. Our prayer and altar team's going to come and pray for people here at the altar. We encourage you, do not ask, nor do not pray for people if you have not been approved by the North Georgia Revival team. I wanna make sure that's clear. If you do not have a tag to pray for people, we will ask you to stop praying for people because we don't know you. We know the people have been trained here. So if you do not have a prayer and altar tag, you cannot pray for folks. I know that sounds awful. I know that sounds oppressive, but we're responsible for what's happening in this room. We don't know who's coming in that has spirits that can transfer those spirits. We have witches here tonight. We have witches that have come. We don't want anybody praying for someone. So this is for your protection. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord for that. If you would love prayer, light prayer, our altar team is here. There'll be more that are joining us here in a moment as they come. Let's stand to our feet. Let's worship the Lord right now. Let's worship the Lord as Joni and our team leads us as we prepare in the next five minutes for baptisms. So if you need prayer, come to the altar. They're here to minister to you. Hey everybody, so glad that you're joining us right now uh, as we're waiting for the transition for baptisms. It's gonna be a long night, Karen, and I can't wait because so many people are gonna encounter Jesus in the water. Uh, a huge number of people have already signed up. Listen, the building was packed from wall to wall, from front to back. A hunger is spreading throughout the land for revival and awakening. And Karen, we heard a beautiful message by Colonel David Giamona tonight about what's necessary to get the church ready to be awakened in this last hour. What an honor to have such a man in our presence tonight is Colonel David Giamona has seen four wars. He was a chaplain in, in the Army, the United States Army, and here on 9-11 weekend, what an incredible privilege and an honor to have this man and to, and to have the word that he gave us. Now, he knows all about military. He knows all about army. He knows how to ready a soldier. And he flipped that message tonight uh, in regard to the church, how to ready a, a 
a person, a member of the body of Christ, how to get a soldier of God ready. And you know, tonight was kind of tough to sit through because his word was very serious, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. very serious and very challenging. And it was a wake-up call as COVID has been a wake-up call to the body of Christ. Are we ready? Yep. Are we prepared to face what is coming? And just as he said tonight, Todd, I agree with him. I, I just think COVID might have been just the tap on the shoulder. Yep. There are probably other days and dark days ahead of us, but it can be, uh, it can be as one said one time, uh, as dark as it is, it's becoming gloriously dark yes. where God is going to manifest his power in our lives. Yep, and we want to make sure that you're prepared. We want to make sure that you are uh, doing what is necessary because he talked about training tonight. He talked about the development, learning. Just because you are a recruit in the army or the military doesn't mean that you're battle ready. You see, you can be saved and not battle ready. That's why it's so important that you and I are going to a really Bible-believing church that's preparing us and training us for the end times for war, not just getting us through the week. Is that... Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we're seeing a little bit of that here at Christ Fellowship Church and in our area. This year alone, we have the largest Caneo Ministry Training Center class, uh, three classes actually coming together that we have ever had My in goodness. the history of our training program. We have got more one year one campus students, just the campus students now, just year one, sitting in the classroom. We've got more than the whole spectrum that we graduated last year. Now that tells me that people are taking their training very seriously. Again, COVID's been a wake-up call. Am I ready? Can I lead a Bible study? Do I know scriptures to quote? Uh, can I lay hands on the sick and see them recover? If I'm tempted to, to fail, to fall, to sin, do I know how to pull myself out? My goodness. And so I applaud that. People are, that, I think they want the training. I think it's been a shaking. Yeah. I know we're getting ready to go into the water here in just a moment. Let me tell you about a book that is coming out in October, Karen, that I can't be more excited about. It's not even released, and already there's a great buzz about it. It's a devotional book. The Lord spoke to me several months ago, and he says, I want you to put together a compilation of current modern-day revivalists that my people can read for 70 days. The number 70 is very significant. And so... I reached out to different ministries, James Gall, Bill Johnson, David Hogan, John Kilpatrick, Rabbi Kurt Landry, Bob Rogers, and I could go on and on, Dr. Michael Brown, and then all of the current churches that I know of that are experiencing a level of glory, those pastors and those leaders, I said, submit a 700-word devotional that people can read and get ignited with revival fire. Can you believe it, Karen, that this book's going to be released in October? I want you to go to my website right now. This is so significant. Sid Roth has made a contribution to it. I'm telling you an entry that when you read it, you feel, Lord, the glory of God is entering my home. Go to kingdomready.tv and do a pre-order right now. Do a pre-order. Get it so that as soon as it gets shipped to us, we're going to mail it to you. We're hoping to get them even before October the 1st, but no later than October the 1st, we're going to put it in the mail. Go to kingdomready.tv, kingdomready.tv, get the book, and, uh, and go ahead and secure your copy. And while you're there, get the glory book. Get the glory book. 
great reviews on this right now, and it is amazing how God is using us. Churches are ordering these by the box, giving them to their staff, and say, we're going to learn how to host the glory of God, how to host the presence of the Lord. I talk about in one of the chapters the spirit of anguish. The church has lost anguish of what it means to lament and to mourn and to weep before the Lord over the condition of our own hearts and the condition of our society. Grab this book while you're there. We're so excited what God's going to do. We're in the middle of our pastor's conference tomorrow morning. David Giamona is going to be ministering again tomorrow night. John Kilpatrick, if you're in the local area or even driving distance, service starts tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. 6 yes. o'clock. Yes. Come and be in the atmosphere as Pastor John Kilpatrick of Church of His Presence is going to be here. God bless you. Let's go right now to our baptismal service. Thanks for staying with us. Don't go anywhere. You're going to see a move of God tonight, I promise you.